You're listening to Badass Lady Folk, a podcast about socially engaged women and NB femmes kicking buns big and small. I'm your host, Christine Sloan Stoddard. That intro music came from the song Talking Hands by Toxic Moxie. And as previously mentioned, this is a reboot of my Radio Free Brooklyn show, The Badass Lady Folk of Brooklyn. Now, Quail Bell Press and Productions is producing this podcast for and about incredible women and NB femmes from around the world, not just Brooklyn, although that is where I'm still located. This episode, my guest is writer and activist Gia Vitale. Welcome, Gia. Hello, Christine, and hello, fledgling listeners. <laughs> so happy to have you. Okay, now for some bio time. Chia is a senior editor and a staff writer at Quail Bell Magazine. She specializes in writing about topics like body positivity, sexuality, including autosexuality, feminism, dating, relationships, identity, polyamory, being fat, anime, the occult, and more. So much more. Other publications she's written for include Bust, The Establishment, Ravishly, The Horror Zine, Mookie Chick, and more. Chia graduated from Purchase College with a BA in literature and yes, minors that I am aware of as well, and on and on, Chia is wonderful. Chia has generously agreed to discuss plus size fashion and breaking so-called fashion rules this episode, which is great because we have never done that on the Badass Lady Folk podcast before. So Chia, I hate to say it, but I think uh, fat phobia is so internalized in our society that many of us don't even realize that we're being hateful and ignorant. Like, I know I really didn't question my ideas about fatness until college. So could you define for our listeners what fat phobia is and how it extends to fashion? Alrighty, well, fat phobia <laughs> is the fear of, hatred of, or discrimination against fat people. And it's so rooted in our culture, like you, like you said, most people don't realize that they're fat phobic. We internalize messages of fat phobia through like the media from a very young age. It's to the point where most people don't realize it. But at the same time, if you look at certain things, it manifests itself pretty obvious ways, like even microaggressions in the fashion world. The most obvious example of this is the lack of options in not only plus sizes, but especially extended plus sizes. And clothing is an accessibility issue because, you know, you can't go outside without clothes. And the lack of options available to fat people not only impacts our ability to like dress ourselves and remain warm, but also our ability to feel good about ourselves. Yeah, that's a great point. Clothing really is much more than just shielding your skin from the elements, right? It, it is so closely linked to self-esteem and how other people perceive you in school, in the workplace, in dating, really anywhere. <laughs> So what are some examples of fashion rules, quote unquote, that are fat phobic? Well, I'd say one of the most obvious ones is that 
fat people shouldn't wear crop tops, which is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I like you, actually. I didn't start questioning fat phobia. I didn't even kind of start questioning fat phobia until I was like in my later years of college. Before that, I just assumed like that's just how the world was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would have never like even like, at my smallest, I still wouldn't have worn like a crop top because I really like and internalized the idea that like bigger people are supposed to hire stomachs. And um, I like that now more plus size retailers are making crop tops and plus sizes. And honestly, I really like to just take like an old band shirt that like doesn't fit me anymore and just turn it into a crop top. It's such like an active fat pride. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's another great point. There's this focus on hiding your body, right? Or also this focus on making it appear slimmer because in the fashion rules, the old school rules, that's what you're supposed to do. You want, if you're not tiny, why would you accentuate your figure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a lot of the times, like I know that my mother used to complain that when she was young, young when she was like in the 80s they used to try like try to sell plus size women like potato sacks basically very like frumpy like shapeless <laughs> low quality garments that really you can tell they didn't want the wearer to look good they yeah. just want to like conceal and like kind of detract attention from you yeah i've definitely seen some of those tense like dresses in uh, thrift shops before and, and yard sales, just seeing these old school garments that really, okay, maybe they were just for wearing around the house, but if there weren't even that many options beyond that to wear, if the house dress was really the only thing you could wear, how are you supposed to feel good about yourself? Honestly, the, even now, plus size brands are really limited. I would love to talk about that in a bit. You did start to talk about ways that fat people can rebel against these rules, like with crop tops, just cut your own damn crop top, right? So what are some other ways that you can rebel against these rules about hiding and slimming down? Another thing like fat people can do to celebrate our bodies and like basically break away from fat phobic fashion rules is to like stop gearing all of our outfits around the concept of flattering fashion. Flattering fashion is just fat phobia, like spun around, like, you know, with sugar on top, a sugary phrase that people use to cloak fat phobia. It's honestly, why can't a crop top be flattering? Yeah, why can't it be? Honestly, the whole concept of flattering fashion is just to make a fat body look slimmer and all of those things involve muting and covering and toning down. Like I got into goth fashion when I was a kid and I genuinely liked dressing in black, but part of it also had to do with black being a safe color. Cause when you're fat, people always tell you like you should wear dark colors to make yourself look thinner. But let's be real, like, you know, a fat body is a fat body and no amount of like playing with color or, you know, tailoring your garments is really going to change the state of your body. We should wear clothes that celebrate who we are. Yeah, of course. I would also hear when I was a kid that fat people shouldn't wear leggings, that fat people shouldn't wear tank tops, 
or anything that exposed their arms too much, anything that exposed their legs too much. Yeah, just all sorts of ideas about hiding and slimming, as we've mentioned. That's so true because I actually didn't start wearing shorts until like a few years ago. I like refused to wear shorts. Oh, so that's another way that you've rebelled, by wearing shorts. Yeah, by giving myself permission to wear shorts, yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, good for you, because I can't imagine during the summertime having to wear pants all the time or feeling like you have to wear pants all the time. In a place that actually gets hot, it must be so uncomfortable. It really is, and then people complain about fat people sweating. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard not to sweat when it's hot out and you're completely covered head to toe because people make you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So what are some ways that people who don't have the social stigma of being fat, because it is a social stigma, right? What are some ways that they can support their fat friends when it comes to fashion? One thing they can do is if, if they see a fat person who has put together like a good outfit and is really killing it, compliment them, let them know that they look good. Because so many times that people's creativity and greatness goes unappreciated. And, you know, people don't recognize, you know, how hard it is actually like, you know, to look good and feel good when you're fat. Like with the world constantly throwing it in your face like that it doesn't accept you, you know, being fat and stylish is a form of rebellion. I love that. So what are some examples of compliments to give fat friends or even just strangers, if it's appropriate, if you think it's appropriate? Hmm. I would say shy away from saying, oh, wow, I love your confidence because a lot of fat people actually take that as like an insult, like saying, oh, if I... I was big as you, I'd be help covering my body. So don't just say, wow, you look really great. Or wow, I like your shirt. Or you're glowing. Anything that isn't like a backhanded compliment, basically. Because, you know, thin people do that a lot to fat people without realizing it. Yeah, definitely. So like you said, just focus on them looking good. <laughs> right. Clothes being put together in a creative or attractive way. <laughs> Also, another thing like thin people like to do to support fat people in fashion is to not say, tell them that like fat people shouldn't wear certain things. Like you said, like I've had people say, oh, fat women shouldn't wear poofy sleeves or because it draws too much attention to the arms. But I love poofy sleeves, so they can kiss my ass. <laughs> Where do you find a lot of your poofy sleeves? Poofy sleeves are hard to find, but the poofy sleeve I'm wearing now, I got from Sheen. And, you know, I know people like, you know, will say, oh, that's a fast fashion brand, but you got to understand that people my size don't have a lot of price accessible options. You know, this is the ones that are sustainably built, you know, the brands that are eco-friendly usually cost a lot more for people my size. Could you describe for listeners, because they won't be able to see you, like I'm looking at you over video on Zoom right now, could you describe exactly what your top looks like? Okay, I am wearing a black and white gingham top with a lacy frill trim around the collar and the sleeves and the bottom part. 
it's a crop top and it's very cute very nymphette fashion <laughs> yeah it's, it's adorable i love it <laughs> gingham is so cute and i'm so glad it's making a comeback yeah you see more plus size clothes with gingham that is one of my major like requests <laughs> okay so you already mentioned backhanded compliments what are some other words and phrases that you wish friends would use and what are some that they should avoid? I wish people would start like using the term size diversity and start including it in their conversations about fashion. And I wish they'd start discussing the term extended plus sizes more because a lot of times brands will say, oh, we have inclusive sizing, we have plus sizes and they'll go up to a 3XL and it's actually like maybe a size 16 like and you know they brands seem to only want to cater to the smaller end of the fat spectrum where larger bodied fat people get left out and we have lack of access to the clothes that help us people express creativity and express how they feel yeah actually that is another point could you explain how sizes work like what's the difference between a plus size and an extended plus size all right i'll i'll let you know about the vocabulary all right people who aren't plus size the term for their sizes is called straight sized <laughs> i'd say plus sizes begins around size 14 that's called size, sometimes it's size 12, but it's around that area. People between size 12 to around like size 20 are called small fats. Then I think, then there's mid fats. And then I am large fat and I'm size, between size 26 to 30. Okay. And um, then there's infinity fat and they usually can't find clothes in stores and have to have clothes custom ordered for their bodies, which is also a big accessibility issue. Yeah, I can imagine like just getting underwear, like just replacing your socks, things that you have to replace fairly often. You know, it's not like a blazer that maybe you just buy one and you can keep it your whole adult life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very, I am fortunate to some degree because yes, I am a large fat, but I still fit in the clothes at Torrid, but there are like plenty of fat people who still like can't fit in like, you know, like brands that you would find a store for, or like even like at a somewhat affordable price online. Yeah. Could you talk about the brand for your shirt again? Did you say it was Sheen? Yeah, this is Sheen. Okay. So what? is shopping from them like well i don't find a lot of stuff in my size but there is stuff in my size and i found that even like the things that don't fit too perfectly from there i can diy it into like something i like like i got a nightgown from there that when i wore it like my fat literally like ripped it open and tore out of it <laughs> it was like the hulk it was awesome but um so what i did was i cut the top and it had a nice Peter Pan collar and I turned it into a, like a crop top. Oh, cute. How do you spell that word? Sheen. 
S H E I N. Okay. And is that an online store? What is that? Yeah, Sheen.com is an online store. That's where they sell like wholesale garments. So Torrid, I know because they have that in shopping centers and malls. They have one near where I live in Brooklyn. Do you have any opinions about Torrid? Torrid is who I like to buy from when I have money. Okay. So it's a little like, expensive. If I can afford it, then that's who I try to buy from. I feel like they have the cutest designs and they're willing to like kind of get like more innovative and experimental with what they offer compared to other plus size brands. And also they're, they're still more expensive, but I feel like they're not as expensive. Although Torrid did recently release like a collection with Betsy Johnson and it is so cute. Oh, I bet. I actually wound up getting the super cute heart locket, no heart lock necklace. It's kind of like Sid Vicious meets, oh, Sid Vicious meets like Cindy Lauper. And it originally cost like 40 bucks and I got it for 12 bucks. I was such a steal. (laughs) Okay. So what about shopping at like a department store, for instance, like Macy's or JCPenney, any of the ones that are in most towns or cities? I haven't been in a department store in like, honestly, like years, like for clothes. The only store like I've really been able to find that carry sizes, they're kind of like mine are Target and Walmart. Like I found a great dress for like 10 bucks at Walmart that I wear a lot. It's like a black maxi dress. I feel like black maxi dresses are perfect. They're a whole mood. (laughs) Instant Halloween. Morticia vibes. So when you shop from Walmart and, and Target, do you go to the store and you're able to find the sizes that you want? Or do you have to sometimes look for them online? How does that work? I often have to look for stuff online. Most of the time, that's what I have to do. And I have to measure myself and check the measurements of the clothes. So that like increases the likelihood of something fitting well. Mm-hmm. But um, in a store, I usually have to hunt through the selection and, you know, hopefully I find some gems. <laughs> so what are some fashion companies that you admire right now? Right now, I think Torrid's doing a good job. I really, like, wish, like, companies would release more, like, pastel colors and plus sizes. Let's see what other brands I like. I really like J Fashion and Japanese brands are really cool, I think. And I've been following Larm lately. That's L-A-R-M-E. Their outfits are so cute. Oh my gosh. So adorable. (laughs) I wish they made clothes like that in plus sizes. Ah, okay. So they don't carry them. No, it's a a Japanese brand. So like they trend small to begin with. But yeah. Boo. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like... Like I said, there aren't really like too many brands that like I really like can patronize at my size. I, you know, if I'm lucky, I can get a shirt from certain brands. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, like Torrid is where I go most of the time. Okay. So Torrid, because they do a good job because they have the sizes that you need and they have styles that you want that's where you tend to go but you also mentioned walmart and you didn't mention target 
And I know there, you did mention fast fashion before and how there's also a stigma against fast fashion, but hey, as you also pointed out, for certain accessibility issues, like in this case, plus size, uh, or affordability for anyone who's on a budget, hello. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go with fast fashion. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Maybe every time you have to go with fast fashion because you don't have a choice. Um, on, on that note, what do you think of H&M, Topshop, Forever 21? Do they carry the sizes that you need? Absolutely not. They never have. They cater maybe to lower plus sizes, like smaller plus sizes, you know what I mean? But yeah. not, they don't even touch people my size with like a 10 foot ball. I'm not interested in their clothes though, to be honest. I feel like those, like those brands are boring. Oh yeah. Very basic. Just your. Honestly, I feel like an imposter when I dress in preppy clothes. <laughs> like. I feel like someone dressing up like in human cosplay. <laughs> you need a lot more flair than that. <laughs> Honestly, I want more plus size goth brands. Torrid used to have so much good goth clothing when I was younger. It was mostly alternative clothes, but then they went mainstream like instead of including more like mainstream styles for profitability, which I understand. And I still think their clothes are cute, but wow, I wish they would, you know, really beef up their goth selection. Yeah. I was under that impression too, that they used to have gothier, punkier kind of clothes. And then I was surprised to find out that some of the Christian girl, like super Christian girls at my college shopped there. I was like, what is that about? And I saw, oh, they have other clothes too, not just goth stuff. <laughs> well, Tord was originally owned by Hot Topic, so it originally had like edgier clothes. Okay. And sometimes Hot Topic carries things in my size, like I would wear a six there, but not all the time. All right, got it. Uh, so let's move on to the internet a little bit. So the body positivity movement has blown up on the internet. I think you're one of those people who has really used the internet um, to your advantage in some ways for creative expression. Uh, shopping options have expanded, although as you pointed out, not as much as you would like, as many people would like. What are some changes that you think the fashion industry has yet to make? And do you think that some of this body positivity stuff is just bullshit, that they're just trying to sell stuff uh, and they're still going to cut their sizes off at like 12 or 14 anyway? Well, a lot of changes still need to take place in the fashion world because I feel like a lot of the fashion world is still upheld by classism, racism, fat phobia, and other prejudices. Although the people I know in fashion seem to be doing a great job at working against those systems, I know they're still very prevalent in the fashion world to the point where it even affects people, you know, at the tippy top, you know, who run like the major companies and stuff. Um, the thing is about body positivity is that it was created by queer, fat, black women it comes from the fat acceptance movement. It has radical roots. And seeing a skinny cisgender white girl 
bending over to emulate having roles really just dilutes the message. I'm not saying that thin people who are cis and white can't have insecurities or that they have no place in body positivity, but I'm saying they shouldn't be front and center. And brands often use that thin cis white feel good body positivity and it's watered down message to their benefit for branding, but they are taking away from what body positivity actually is. Like a lot of brands will actually try to market fad diets and weight loss products as body positive. But like I said, the roots of body positivity lie in the fat acceptance movement. So selling a fad diet or a diet product is antithetical to it to begin with. Wow. <laughs> That's that's disappointing, but not surprising that big brands would co-op that messaging and like you said, put the same kind of models <laughs> that we're used to front and center. <laughs> See, I'm a fat liberationist and I actually came to fat liberationism from body positivity. Ooh. And a lot of fat liberationists completely denounce body positivity because they say it's just watered down fat liberation. Could you explain what fat liberation is? Fat liberation is the idea that fat people should have freedom, accessibility, and equal rights. The same as thin people. Ooh. So how exactly does it compare to body positivity then? Or why was it formed exactly? Well, fat liberation centers fat people and fatness first and foremost. Body positivity is more general and doesn't always apply to fatness. Like I have a friend who makes skin positivity posts about their acne and that's still body positivity. Okay. Got or it. like maybe like a thin black girl makes posts about body positivity. Like that's still relevant because that's like, you know, has to do with race and is a critique about how, you know, black bodies are oppressed. Okay, got it. So what are some of the ways that being fat is stigmatized? How does society, not just in fashion, although you're welcome to continue talking about that, just make fat people feel less than? Fat people have a harder time finding jobs and getting employed than thin people do. Fat people are more likely to have our health concerns ignored and instead get told to lose weight without having our problems adequately addressed, which contributes to the mortality rate among fat people without being addressed. So if you see fat phobia is systemic, it's systems acting together to perpetuate it. And yeah, it manifests through microaggressions, but it also manifests through people's attitudes and disregard. Mm, yeah, disregard. That's an excellent word too. 
or dismissal, right? Like you were talking about in medical settings. Yeah. And that's the most dangerous kind. Well, it's lethal, literally. You know, it's another weird kind of fat phobia I've noticed. And other fat people have complained about this too. I've noticed like certain like thin girls will zero in on me and then they will just start dumping all their problems on me and complaining and like telling me like everything about themselves and just like expecting me to just like be their therapist and do all this emotional labor for them. And it's like, yo, I'm just sitting here drinking Capri Sun. Like you're expecting this from me. I don't even like, you know, they expect me to be like the nurturer and the caretaker because I'm fat. Like they don't like see how I could have a life of my own that's worth talking about. That's so strange, but also fascinating. That must get really tiring really fast. No, thin people, like a lot of times thin people will seek out friendships with fat people because they feel like they could take front and center stage and take priority over our needs in a relationship. And that's so fucked up. Yeah, I have to learn to avoid those people. Well, I try to avoid them, but you know, you gotta re-strategize sometimes. <laughs> Pivot. So are there, back to fashion, are there companies that you think are being especially egregious toward fat people when it comes to fashion and should just totally be avoided? Like don't even walk through the store, ignore their advertising as much as possible, that kind of thing. You know what brand is, brand, any kind of brand? that does this is like bad. A lot of brands will model their plus size clothing with thin people and they'll have the thin person hold out the cloth almost to like insinuate all the space that's there. I'm not even shitting you. And like they expect fat people to buy these products or just even people, even people who are just like kind of like, just like not thin, like to like buy these products when like there's literally like a, a like a thin person holding out like the underwear or like to accentuate all the space between their hips and where they're holding out the underwear to. Like that's not good advertising. I feel like if you do that, you don't want to make a sale. Like you actually don't care. Wow. I remember those kinds of ads from when we were kids, but honestly, maybe it's because I'm just caught up in so many other things. I don't, pay a heck of a lot of attention to fashion advertising now, not the same way I used to when I was a teenager, for instance. I had no idea that kind of shit was still prevalent. I haven't seen it in a while, but I've seen it as recently as like last year. <laughs> Ew, uh, so gross and annoying. Uh. It's like, just pay someone with a fat ass to take photos in your underwear, seriously. Well, actually, during the pandemic, that's something that I have seen um, in theater and film auditions. They do have calls for models and actors to film themselves at home, to do things on their smartphone or to do things on uh, like photo booth and Zoom, whatever, on their laptop. God, yeah, so there's even less of an excuse. Now that we have all of these tools for models and actors to use in their own homes, <laughs> there's no reason why a fashion company couldn't have a model of any size, literally anywhere, that there's an internet connection. Honestly, there's all kinds of influencers now, so they have, like, no excuse. 
Yeah, actually, could you talk about what following influencers has done for you? Oh my God. Fat influencers and even just like body positive influencers have changed my life. Just by diversifying my social media feed, I, I changed my Instagram space into something much more positive, meaningful, and healthy. See, when you look at images of fat people, you're retraining your brain to see different kinds of body types and acknowledge different kinds of beauty. Because most of the time, people don't get that kind of representation in their everyday lives. So, you know, seeking it out on social media reminds your brain that that's great too. And that body liberation is meaningful. And I love like how many different kinds of like people in the body positive movement there are. Like there are men, there are people of all races, there are so many different kinds of great fat influencers. Like one I really like is Sparkle Jams. Oh, she's great. I also love Sophie Hagen. They're a feminist comedian. They are so funny. Um, let's see. I like Fat Girl Flow. She's great. Oh, there's so many great ones. I'll have to drop some of these handles in the show notes for our listeners. So what are some of the pros and cons of shopping online for plus size clothing? Because you were saying that oftentimes that's the way you have to go. Well, when you go to a brick and mortar store, you're able to see the quality of the cloth and like the type of stitching that's in a piece of clothing. And you can see how stretchy it is. And you, by physically interacting with the item, you can, you, you have a feeling of how it's going to feel on your body and you get a better idea of how long it's probably going to last online. Like you have no idea what kind of rip, like what they actually made it out of or how much like effort went into it. You're really just hoping that what the seller says is correct. So it's a gamble buying online. On one hand, it gives you great access to like different styles that you wouldn't be able to find in a brick and mortar store nearby. But anytime you buy online, it's a gamble because like a business could always misrepresent what it's selling. Or maybe they'll say, oh, this skirt is made with durable quality. And then you'll find that it falls apart in two weeks. <laughs> so do you ever shop for clothing based on Instagram or Facebook posts and ads? Like whether from influencers or traditional advertising? Um, I have purchased clothes through ads before. Mostly ads like from Torrid and a couple Amazon fashion brands. But like I said, most of the time when I click on an ad, it's not something in my size. I get a bunch of ads for dresses that don't fit me. Oh, so yeah, another way Facebook is failing us. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and I hate seeing like the differences in like, 
the cute fashions they offer smaller people and like the matronly like bland styles they offer fat people it's like let us be cute yeah so it's not just about sizing it's also about fit right so how yeah. do you how would you define or for you at least what is a good fit how do you know something fits well and you like the way it fits um i think it depends on what my mood is some days i want to wear something tight and revealing other days i just want something that's comfortable but more covering um i say i like outfits that conform to my shape quite a bit but aren't restrictive like i like the top i'm wearing now this black and white gingham top with the lacy frills because it's not restrictive and the material is very lightweight and honestly i just like feeling like the breeze on my arms when i wear it outside <laughs> but um what was i saying sorry uh <laughs> that makes sense everything you said makes sense about the fit yeah i mean i'm looking at your oh yeah the fit <laughs> and i see for instance that your neck is visible you have like the the collarbone areas visible your arms are visible your your crop top area your midriff is visible uh, i can't see that particular part right now through the zoom video but i'm taking your word for it i've seen a lot of your no. oh yeah now i see it <laughs> <laughs> Now I got that good look of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it is a very cute, flattering top. Is there elastic in the neckline? No. Actually, yes, there is. It's shirring, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is elastic. This is a very stretchy, good top. I love this. Yeah, uh, but like cute. you said, it, it's not restrictive. I think for a lot of people, that's what they seek, something that conforms to their shape without restricting them you want to be able to sit you want to be able to move <laughs> you know what style i really can't get into though because i feel like it's restrictive turtlenecks i can't stand the thing choking my neck yeah i don't blame you i'm very iffy on turtlenecks <laughs> they look comfy though like they hurt they're really warm and comfortable I'll wear them in the winter sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I do have this one. It's more of a cowl neck than a true turtleneck, but it does have a nice big neck to it. Uh, I love it on cold days. But yeah, I mean, normally I prefer to show my neck. <laughs> okay, so what are some topics regarding fat phobia and fat shaming that you've noticed come up or maybe just uh, really become more exposed and more obvious during the pandemic? Well, I've heard people complaining that fat people are getting the vaccine quicker than other people. And now that's making people question BMI finally. Because BMI is actually full of bullshit. It was developed by a mathematician, like a statistician, actually, and it wasn't supposed to be used as a measure of health. And now that people like are seeing fat people get pushed to the front of the line for vaccines, now they're like, hey, maybe BMI isn't all it's cut out to be. 
And, you know, that's really weird. Like, Megan Tonjes is actually the one who, like, first brought that to my attention, and she is so spot on. Megan Tonjes is another great fat influencer. Well, people just in general, it seems to be this horrible human trait where uh, we, and I'm saying we just generally, will use terms or will use constraints in ways that benefit us. But as soon as that benefit is reversed, if it goes to someone else, we don't like it. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> okay, is there anything else pandemic-wise that has exposed uh, fat shaming or fat phobia in a clearer way for people? I see a lot of people talking shit about their bodies because they've gained weight and saying mean things about fatness in the process. Like people be like, Oh, I gained weight. I look so disgusting. How could you all let me look like this? And it's like, okay, so existing in a fat body is wrong and people are supposed to let you know that it's wrong. That's a strange take, but okay, go off, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen uh, all sorts of people share how much weight they've gained and not just in a way that they're sharing information, but using it as a way to denigrate themselves. And also, like you were saying, call out their friends. Like, well, you're not good friends since you let me do this to myself. Like, do what? <laughs> I'll tell you what though one thing that's weird is I really thought I was gonna see all kinds of diet posting on social media since like the pandemic began and I'll tell you this much I haven't heard anyone on my Facebook talk about dieting I think everyone is so like over overstimulated from the pandemic that they're not even like thinking about that right now in my, in my end of the woods anyway. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I have not seen that at all. I have seen some people say, oh, I should get moving again. Oh, I need to get oh, yeah. exercise. But that is, that's different because bodies are supposed to move. We are supposed to exercise in ways that are comfortable and healthy, you know, not overdo it either. But I have not seen people posting about dieting in the same way that I've seen in the past. And that makes me really happy. <laughs> because at a time of great want, people should not be focusing on how to deprive themselves even more. <laughs> I mean, it's always shitty to fat shame someone for gaining weight. But I feel like it's especially shitty to fat shame someone like while they're living in a pandemic. Like, let's be real here. If you gained weight because of the pandemic, that doesn't make you flawed. It makes you very human because there's a lot of reasons why you would gain weight now. Yeah, of course. I think just in general, everyone needs to be gentle with themselves and with their loved ones during this time. Absolutely. But like uh, you said, it's never okay to fat shame. Even if there's not a pandemic going on, I, I think all of us should come out of this, if we weren't doing it already, all of us should come out of this questioning, 
our relationship with our bodies, our weight, our ideas about weight, how we compare our bodies to other bodies. Just all of that is unhealthy for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, it's really toxic. And I really wish I would see more people, oh, hashtag thin people, stop using fat as a negative term or a term to describe their feelings of insecurity if they don't wear plus sizes. Yeah, you heard it. <laughs> you heard it here on the Badass Lady Folk podcast. Stop doing it. No, because when you say, oh, oh, I don't like myself. I feel so fat. And you're like, you're like wearing a size eight and you're saying that around somebody who's like a size 20 or like 26, you know, you're saying something about their bodies too, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's move on to some fun for this last bit, since it looks like quarantine or at least social distancing isn't going away quite yet. Uh, since I imagine we still have months of vaccining ahead of us. Do you have any fun fashion tips inspired by pandemic living? Hmm, let me think. You know, this pandemic, I've really been coping with it through fashion. Designing cute outfits and playing with makeup has really helped me have a sense of control in these crazy times. Like I can't control all this other crazy stuff that's happening, but at least I can look cute and feel good. My advice for people wanting to make the most out of fashion during social distancing is to push the envelope and wear whatever the hell you want. In fact, like go out of your way to wear something you normally wouldn't to see how it feels. If you've been curious about a style, go see if it's in your size and try it out. Yeah, I love that, especially since so many people still are spending much of their time, most of their time, all of their time at home. Why not? If you And you can always take photos, right? You do a great job of doing that, Chia, just taking photos of your cute makeup, your cute clothes, your hairstyles. Just because you are not going anywhere to show off your outfit doesn't mean you can't show it off on social media. <laughs> yeah, honestly, taking pictures of yourself is a great self-love exercise. It really helps you feel good about yourself. It also reminds, it's a way to reaffirm to yourself that your image is yours and your beauty is unique. Yeah, I love that. All right. Thank you, Gia. That's all the time we have, folks. And dear listeners, thanks for choosing the Badass Lady Folk podcast. I know you have so many choices for your podcast and other entertainment especially if you're still stuck at home during quarantine. More than ever in the history of mankind, humankind. <laughs> I'm your host, Christine Sloan Stoddard. You can find out more about me and Quellbell Press and Productions in the show notes. I'll also be dropping links to some of Gia's greatest hits on Quellbell Magazine and other websites. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the Badass Lady Folk podcast. 
Tune in next time.